0: today on Commitment to Truth.
1: God can choose you and I for something, but you're not quite ready for the calling. You can even know that's your destiny and still not be ready for it, because He's looking at what? The heart.
0: Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, I'm Skilled. Throughout our lives, whether we were following the Lord or not, each one of us has gained a set of skills in various areas of our lives. You may think that these skills were only in service to yourself or to a boss and are of no use to God. But you would be wrong. Each skill you have gained can be used in service to him, no matter where you are. This week, Pastor Cedric Brown will begin to teach us how King David learned many skills while he was in the field as a shepherd. He learned how to be a worshiper as he learned to be a shepherd, and David applied these skills learned in the field to his time in service to King Saul. In the same way, the field has a way of reinforcing the skills we learn for current and future service to our Lord. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. You see, the beautiful thing about
1: when you go to work, guys, when you go to work, you leave your family at home. And everything you experience at work is only for you. We're going to learn it will eventually have a generational impact. But it begins with you. Right, moms? You could be standing at home and your husband's out working and it's just you and a, and a crumb snatchers. And, and, and you know what? And you feel all alone, isolated, staring up at the roof, probably picking flies off the wall sometimes. But at the end of the day, it becomes you and you alone. And I believe, to me, that's one of those special training grounds that God gives everyone, that you can have buzz all around you, but it's just you and your experience with God. So think about that. So so he makes it personal. That's why if you look now again Psalm 63. This is another psalm of David. Listen to what he says, verses 1 through 5. Oh God, you are my God, not my children Not my wife, not my cousin, not my mom or dad. You are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus, I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I have seen it. Nobody else. I don't know what you're seeing, but guess what I see? Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you, right? Why? It's because your loving kindness is better than life. Then my lips will do what? And to me, that's the deal breaker or deal sealer, church. is not until you know that his loving kindness is better than life. That he saved you, rescued you, changed you dramatically, transformed your life, and then it it oozes out of you. It's better than life. Look at verse 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Do you hear the praise and the worship just oozing out of David? It's personal because it's deeply personal. You don't need, thank God for worship leaders. Praise the Lord. But you know what? We should be leading. Right? In other words, think about this. What should be happening is everybody has their praise on as they're coming into the sanctuary. And there should not be a song that we... Listen, we should not have favorite songs that stir our hearts. Why? you know, I really like when they sing that. Well, that's my favorite. No! It's because of his loving kindness and what he has done in your life and the fields of life. You see, the fields should help develop our intimacy with God which is absolutely imperative for our kingdom purpose. Because what you're going to find as we go through this series, if you don't have that down and personal, no matter what you do, it it would never be enough it will always be this disruption, this interruption, and worship has to be this baseline. The fields makes it personal. The fields also, First Samuel, if you could turn there, chapter 16, we're going to continue, verses 19 through 23. The fields gives us a purpose. It gives us this purpose. And and listen to what David's purpose began to transpire as. Verse number 19. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David, who is with the flock. Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread and a jug of wine and a young goat and sent them to Saul by David, his son. Then David came to Saul and attended him. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became became his armor-bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David now stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So it came about whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hand. And Saul would be refreshed and be well, and the evil spirit would depart from him. I would have to assume, because the text doesn't show it or say it anywhere, that David didn't know that this assignment was coming. He didn't know this purpose, because let's be honest. If he knew that this purpose was coming, He would have started probably practicing a little bit more, his heart. He probably wouldn't have been in the field, but found somewhere else trying to prepare himself for the opportunity. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's kind of like this. When you have an opportunity to speak, if you ever have an opportunity to speak, well, I better now, I better get prepared. No, you should already be prepared. So I teach a homiletics class in our church and it's just the art of teaching and preaching and one of the main things I share with those who go through the class is that your preparation doesn't begin when you start preparing the message. It's too late just for a record. Well let me go be with God because I got to preach. I got to teach this class. Let me go be with God. You should have already been with God. It should just be your lifestyle. And that's what you see with David is that because he's fully engaged with God in worship, right? Trust me, you fully engage with God in worship, he will, he will somehow get rid of all the, the muck and mire in your heart. Because worship begins private, then it somehow spills over publicly. Everything about David right now is all private. Not public right now. Until the, appoint, the public appoint, appointment, everything else is private. In the field, by himself, minding his own business, looking at the stars, being reminded of God's vastness and awesomeness. Then the opportunity appears while David is minding his own business. The fields will always prepare us for this purpose. And in this context, it was to serve the king. Our context, guess what it is for? To serve the king. And that's why if you look at verses 19 through 23, In 1 Samuel 16, it says, then one of the young men responded and said, behold, I seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician. God will somehow put people around you to help navigate the purpose as well. Two key words we find in these verses, verses 19 to 23. The word relieved. So David plays the harp. It relieved Saul of the evil spirit. It means to refresh, to breathe easily. So apparently it's almost like um, Saul was having some anxiety attack, if you would. And he could whatever whatever spirit was sent was causing him anxiety. And then he starts to breathe more easily because of the harp. Now, I beseech you today, was it really the harp? Or was it the person behind the harp? And the person behind the person behind the harp. That's where I will will lean to. It really wasn't anything in the harp itself. But it was in the heart of the harpist that ultimately God used to relieve Saul. And that's what God wants to do with you, is that when you're in the field, he creates his purpose, your heart's ready for the purpose, it really isn't your skill set that ultimately moves and relieves and creates transformation in a person's heart, it's the heart behind the harpist that God readies in the field. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega, and I am the administrative and executive director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these The Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. Have you ever thought about something good you can give to God or give back to God? Well, there's one thing that the scriptures teach. It says, for it is good to sing praises to our God. You see, maybe you cannot carry a tune or note like myself, but the scriptures go on to say, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So the next time you feel as though, what can you give God? The next time you step into a church building, a worship service, next time you turn on your radio or put in a CD maybe still or plug in your phone and you hear a song of praise, just know that it is good to sing praises to our God, especially when things aren't going so good. It is still good to sing praises to our God. This is Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church with another weekly wire reminding us all, no matter what life brings us or what we can bring unto God. It is always good to sing praises to our God. We hope you enjoyed this sample of our weekly wire. Again, to subscribe to your weekly inspiration, refreshment and encouragement, please visit www.loveallnations.org. The word well here also means this to be pleasant, to be delightful, glad, joyful. Finally, it means to be better. So apparently every time David showed up, the king was better. Shouldn't that be the testimony of our lives? Is that whenever we show up, the environment is better. Whatever God sends you, whatever your life purpose, whatever location you are, things should get better because of you. because of your heart, and because of the one behind you. You see, the fields will always prepare us for this unforeseen purpose. And it's to bring healing to people, make people better, make people well, make people be refreshed. There's people in our lives, you know what, they need to start breathing easily. The fields also develop our public boldness. So remember, David was very private, right, in his worship. So as he matures and understand now he's the king of all Israel and he's unifying the kingdoms, you know, and ultimately David's heart for worship, honestly, I think begins to grow in in a more bold way. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6, begin with verse 12. Now keep in mind, this is like the president of the United States of America. And, and, and this is a time that the ark was... The ark was stolen. The ark is now being returned. And David is so elated that the ark, the presence of God, is now back in Israel, it's back in Jerusalem. Then he says this Now was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all the belongings to him on account of the ark. David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And so it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six, six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. And David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might, and David was wearing an, a linen ephod. In other words, he was in his underwear, his boxers, his briefs, or however you want to imagine that. David was stripped down, and he, had, he only had one more piece of garment on before he was in his birthday suit. Now, to go to that place of radical worship, do you really think it starts in the moment? No. Listen, you, we get a remnant of that in the body of Christ, There are people who will walk through the sanctuary doors here or whatever church, and there we will be as stiff as a log, not expressive, not engaging, not participating. Just saying. Could it be that there is not any private field worship which says I really don't understand fully the loving kindness of God? Loving kindness of God is developed in private. Therefore, private worship begins. You privately share tears. You privately fall on your face before God. You privately cry out to God. You privately lift your hands before God. That then somehow builds the courage to say, well, sucks, I don't care who's around. I'ma cry, I'm a dance, I'm a shout, I'ma kneel, I'ma do whatever I do in private, in public. Now there are people who don't do anything in private, then they get in public, and then God handles that too. Amen. Yeah, he handles he handles showmanship and everything too. But at the end of the day, the way it should happen is you're privately in that field and you have an isolated one-on-one encounter with God and his loving kindness just overwhelms you, takes control, intrudes in your space and time. And that, that becomes this natural occurrence that then you get to this public expression, then it's like, shucks, it's just me and you, God, anyway. I'm not a concern about who's seeing me and what they think of me, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why if you continue to read, you you start seeing this develop. And he says in verse 16, it says, Then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window, this is David's wife, (laughs) and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. Now keep in mind, it says before whom? The Lord. It wasn't, there was people there, but it was, his expression was before whom? The Lord, right? So he says, and she despised him in her heart. Like, Well, the the text will explain it. It says, So they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent, which David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Further, he distributed to all the people, to all the multitudes of Israel, both to men and to women, a cake of bread and one of the dates and one of the raisins to each one. Then all the people departed to each to his house. But when David returned to bless his own house, isn't this the way it happens? You know, your husband or your wife kind of frowns at you a little bit publicly Then when he gets you at home. Right. You kind of know that that little private expression (laughs) that you know, like, oh, shucks, that eyebrow goes up or something. It's like, oh, wow. Then you get home, then Michael said, the daughter of Saul came out to meet David and said, how the king of Israel distinguished himself today. He uncovered himself today in the eyes of his servants. Oh, and by the way, the maids... (laughs) or the women, as one of the foolish ones shamelessly uncovers himself. Then David said to Michael, It was before the Lord, sweetheart. I did this for the Lord, who chose me above your father and above all this household to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will celebrate the Lord. And this is the kicker. I like the King James Version, but I'll read the NAS first in this, for this verse. It says, I will be more lightly esteemed than this and will be humble in my own eyes, but with the maids of whom you have spoken with them, I will be distinguished. In other words, okay, with the, with the ladies, I get it, but before the Lord? Oh, no, no, no. King James Version says, I will act Even more indignified than this. So you think it's bad for me to dance around my underwear? Oh, I could go even further. I mean, that's like heavy. It's like, okay, well, what else can you take off, David, right? (laughs) But that but that's his heart of worship. It's like, you know what? Shucks, before the Lord, I can go even harder. More expressive. The word demean or indignify means to become insignificant, lightly esteemed, to make despicable or to dishonor myself. Do you hear that, church? It's like, you know, at the end of the day, when it becomes worshiping before the Lord, sucks. If I look like a fool, so be it. And understand he's the king. He says, so if I can become more insignificant than I am today, I'm good with that.
0: Thank you again for listening to our series, I'm Skilled. From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. King David gained many skills throughout his life, including his time before he was king. He learned to worship, he learned to rescue, he learned to be a warrior, and he even learned from failure. Just like David, we also learn many skills throughout our lives, God wants to use these skills to build up his kingdom and for his glory. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.